Hello and welcome to the Film Pulse Podcast. This is episode number 298. My name's Adam Patterson. With me today, we got Kevin Rakestraw. How are you, Kevin? I'm doing all right. All right. Nice. Nice. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this week on the show, we have two reviews lined up for you with Dean Fleischer Camp's Fraud and Andrew Bajelski's Support the Girls, along with someone we're watching on the watch list. And new releases in theaters, VOD, and Blu-ray. Nothing to report as far as housekeeping bits this week. Nice. Check out check out Saved by the 90s if you haven't yet. Subscribe to it on iTunes and all or whatever podcast platform you choose. Let's talk about fraud. Get it. I don't know why. I'm, I'm just choosing this one because fraud came out this weekend Support the Girls comes out next weekend, so we're just doing it in chronological order, right? But also, Fraud came out like ages ago. It did, but it didn't. Like, it came it's out. A, yeah, but everyone was talking about it ages ago. Yeah. And, now, I mean, it, it, and now it just comes out with a little fucking whimper. Right, and yeah. No one's going to talk about it. Well, you know, it's funny, like, because I saw that it was coming out. I got an email very late in the week saying that it was coming out and I was like, Oh shit. I was not aware that this was even coming out. And then on Friday I check just to make sure that it, it was coming out on the various platforms. And I still don't see it on Amazon. I see it on iTunes. Okay. So I don't even know if it's actually out on Amazon, but you, you can definitely get it on iTunes. So that's one place. Okay. It might be on Amazon by now. Maybe it's on YouTube. I didn't check YouTube. At any rate, uh, as I s- said before, this is directed by Dean Fleischer Camp. I have a synopsis here. A struggling family commits fraud. There you go. Straightforward. It's a 52-minute 52, 52 documentary. This premiered at... I think it premiered at Hot Docs. Uh, let me see if I... Yes, I'm pretty sure it premiered at Hot Docs. And and then played a bunch of other festivals like BAM Cinema Fest and Fantastic Fest. And yeah, it's, it's this is one of those that seems to play like a steady string of festivals. Yeah, it's it's still playing. Time. It still has theater engagements. I checked their website and it's still going to be playing in uh, several different theaters across the country. So give it a look if it's playing in your area. You can go to the website because they have it uh, updated there. So this is a really interesting sort of experimental documentary, I would say. Mm -hmm. As the synopsis states, it's about a family who is struggling with money and they decide that they're going to, first of all, the, the patriarch of the family, uh, he records everything. He records their whole lives And they run into money problems and they decide that they're going to commit some fraud and they burn down their own house and collect a sizable check from that Mm -hmm. and uh, have, have some fun, have some fun with that money. And it seems like they sort of maybe commit some other frauds also, but yeah, they're just, well, they definitely, they definitely do with the car, but they're just committing fraud left and right, it seems like, honestly. Now, now before going into this film, Kevin, did you know sort of what this was all about? Sort of the... The, the only thing that I knew... Gimmick, I guess? I Yeah. I knew that it was, it was YouTube videos and that mm-hmm. he edited them to make something. So this was I knew that from the outset that this wasn't real. Quote unquote, yeah. 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 And it's odd it's one of those things where like the idea of it is it's genius. The execution is pretty damn impressive. But the actual task of watching this movie is a fucking nightmare. Because the editing, it is. is uh, oh my god! 
it is just like one second, two second, one second, yeah, two second, it, one second, and you're just like, I don't this, I and you know, I knew from the outset that it wasn't real and it was just kind of like a manipulation, and I'm just like, this, this is, oh my god, this is just whiplash. This, I can't handle this. I think maybe that's one of the reasons, if not the main reason, that it was only 52 minutes long because. The, as you said, the edits are done in just rapid fire succession. And I think, I mean, certainly it's designed that way, but from the, from the press notes, I was reading that the actual YouTube videos, and I, I meant to go to this guy, Gary's channel and watch some of the, the actual videos that they sourced this, these clips from. Mm Mm-hmm. But apparently that's sort of how the videos actually were. Like he would just shoot these really quick little clips, just rapid fire. So that's why it's one of the reasons it's like that in the actual movie. But I can totally understand that at first it is very overwhelming. Like you could get a migraine from this movie because it's just everything is so close up and so, and there's so many cuts and it's so fast and it's just nonstop. Like, I don't think any one scene lasts for more than like a minute. Yeah. It's, it's, it's rough. It's, it's a little, it's a little insane, but more than anything, this movie was sort of uh, an editing experiment, right? It was like the, the sort of hypothesis is that every movie, be it, a narrative feature or a documentary. It's all manipulation. Every a, Anybody, once you get footage into an editing room, you're manipulating the footage. So the task was to take this guy's YouTube channel and he has like hundreds of hours, hundreds, many hundreds of videos, home, home videos of his family and take all of this footage and splice it together and chop it up and then create a story out of it and what they did and how they did it i think was pretty incredible i really enjoyed the the sort of tension that it builds at times with how they especially the i mean the big scene is the them burning down the house like i think that that's probably one of the big culminating moments in the film like them looking up how to how to do it and then the actual setup of like you know spraying the stuff on the floor and pouring the gas and it's also just really funny too because it knowing that it's 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 cold from these youtube videos from this guy of him taking just footage just hours of footage of his family and you're just wondering, like, what is the actual context of all this shit? Like, why is the why are you filming this? Why are you filming your wife looking up like how to, you know, to how to do a, a claim? Or why are you filming your wife getting gas at the gas station? Like, why is any why are you filming any of this? Like it just yeah. doesn't make sense. <laughs> it's sort of fascinating this? and not <laughs> only that but why are you putting it on fucking youtube like who yeah. cares i i think that that's one of the things that that makes it work in that like he just films the most mundane things like oh, yeah he freak he frequently sh- just will film planes in the sky and like signs of buildings and just just and- really kind of mundane day-to-day and i think that's just really trivial things and i think that's what got me because like at first when after the initial like burning down the house thing uh transpires i was kind of like oh this is really interesting how he's you know kind of manipulating this into this narrative but it became more interesting to me in the sense of like why the fuck does this exist in the first place like what why is that there? Why? What is the actual context for these things happening? Like, I don't really like. There came a point where I didn't really care about them committing the fraud, 
I just wanted to know why these things existed in the first place. Like that yeah. became more interesting to me than this made up fraud thing. It was like, why, why are you filming this right now? It is interesting too, because like going into it, I knew, I knew that it wasn't real in the sense that they were actually committing the fraud. So I, I knew what it was, what it was going into it. My wife did not know. So she was completely fooled. She thought that what was happening was a straightforward documentary. And I think yeah. that if you go into it not knowing that, you will be convinced that this is something that's taking place because they spliced together the footage and they edited it in such a way that it is completely seamless. Like there's nothing that in it that might make you think that it's fake. Yeah. Well, I think the other thing that got me that maybe kind of connect to it is that it's it's around here, which I wasn't I wasn't expecting. Yeah, like they go to Hershey they're, Park. They're pretty fucking close. They hit. They go to the Jigger Shop. Yeah, which is like right here. They go to Hershey Park. They're in Christiana, which is not that far outside of Lancaster. It's like right by Paradise. I mean, like, and the funny thing was is. They they're doing they're on the roller coaster, right? And my wife is like, they're at Hershey Park. I'm like, how the fuck do you know that? I'm like, it's not Hershey Park. And then the very next scene is them in the the, the chocolate world ride. And she's like, yeah, yeah, I know my roller coasters. I know. Hershey Park. <laughs> I'm like, how the fuck do you know that? Like, you saw like one clip of the background, and you know that it's Hershey Park. So I think that like that. I think that helped me. Because if this happened like somewhere, because there was at least like an an interest to me, like where where are they going to stumble upon next? I was even though I knew like uh, I knew the secret, it was still a really enjoyable watch for me. And there is, if you're curious to see how they piece this together on YouTube, there is a video called Anatomy of a Scene, and they. It's it's put up by Memory, the Dean Fleischer Camp's company that produced this movie. And it actually has a screen share of them putting together the the house burning down scene, the house burning scene. And mm-hmm. it is really, really cool to see them actually do like a screen share and show you the clips that they grabbed and how they spliced them together. Like for instance, the, there was the house burning down and that was just, uh, another clip that they found on YouTube. So they just pulled another clip of a house burning down and then they put that next to a 4th of July video that they, that the family had. So when you see it, so you see the house burning and then the next scene, it cuts to one of the daughters and like the fireworks are going off in the background, but it's like lighting up her face. So it mm-hmm. makes it look like it's the, the reflect, the reflection of the fire from the house. Okay. It just, it all goes together so perfectly. I was just so impressed. Well, I think the other thing that gets me too is not only was he able to manipulate these images to create this, this narrative, but he also does a bit of like character development. Yeah, with, that I like, yeah, I want uh, the, the fucking dad is obsessed with butts. Yeah, I'm like, I'm really glad you brought that throughout. up. He is fucking filming asses left and right, just constant. <laughs> yeah. And then there's this whole thing of like he's like the only thing that I learned from this guy is that he loves butts. He loves catching butts on camera. And he'll occasionally turn the camera on himself and just say the proper noun of what's happening right then and there. Like (laughs) as he's tilting his head back with his foot, like he's just, he's such a bizarre person. Yeah. He's kind of a goof. Yeah. And the, uh, he loved, he loved wearing t-shirts of the places that they went and having. Yeah. They they seem to really love buying memorabilia from the places that they would go. Yeah, and his wife is obsessed with Ed Hardy, and she <laughs> doesn't seem to love him because I do love that. There's like one scene where he's like, 
I love you. And she just kind of looks like, hmm. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This again, this really makes me want to watch some of the actual YouTube videos just to see how different they are and how different the people are. Because I I have a feeling that the people, the real life family is much different than what we saw in this movie. Like they did (laughs) through editing, through editing, they really turned these real life people into characters. Oh yeah. And, And it's just, man, I just, I feel like they did such a great job with it. And, but I do want to stress again that, like, yes, they do a really, really great job. And all, all this, like, just talking about it and, like, on paper is great. But, like, that for me at least, the actual watching of it was not fun. It was really irritating. It's, it is a home movie. Right. Yeah. It's it is a collection of home movies taken by a man who is very clearly an amateur yes. filmmaker. Like yes. there is really not like shot composition or anything like someone come in on top of that and it's just like we're just gonna do whiplash editing. Just each scene, the max of a scene is gonna be six seconds at most. I think one of the things they sort of had to do that to get away from continuity errors since at the end of the film, they should, they have a list of all the clips that they pulled from and it was like 500 clips. I mean, it was ridiculous (laughs) and you can spot a lot of the continuity errors. If you look, especially with like the phones, like the wife has like five different phones throughout this oh, movie. Oh, yeah. And, the way that and when they're like going up the, the East Coast or whatever to get to Canada, they go to, don't they go to like New York and then it's the clips of them at Hershey Park? And it's like, why the fuck would you go back to Hershey Park? Like, it, I mean, Chocolate World's great and all, but it's not that great. I, I thought that they did New York after Hershey Park, but yeah, you're right. I mean, there are some inconsistencies with their, their route. For sure, yeah. But uh, it uh, it's it's interesting. I think that this is definitely worth a look. Oh yeah, no, definitely. It is at times difficult to watch, especially at the beginning. It oh yeah, was before very... it gets into the like the, the actual like the narrative happens, the quote unquote narrative, like all that lead up shit. It's just like this is fucking awful. Uh, yeah, I agree, but I think that it's still really worth a look, especially for those of you that are looking to get into editing and learn more about how editing can shape the tone of a yeah. film. And I also wonder if, like, did that is that how this came about? Like, someone talked shit on editing, and Dean Fleischer Camp was like, "Yeah, I'll fucking show you," because this just feels like a like like a highlight reel of like how important editing is and what you can do with it. Like he, this almost feels personal. Like he was yeah. someone's face. Like this is fucking editing asshole. I Don't think, fun of me. I think he does talk about that in the press notes. Let me look just, I have them right here in front of me. So the footage came first, then the concept. So he was actually a fan of this guy's YouTube channel. Okay. And then he says here, at some point I knew I wanted to try to tell a story by manipulating the footage, but we didn't know what that story was going to be. And at a certain point, I think it was when we paired the shot of them watching 4th of July fireworks with the shot of the house burning down, that's when we kind of discovered what the plot could be. So it started with him as just being a fan of this guy's channel. And then them deciding let's let's see if we can put together some sort of narrative using these yeah it's actually a really really good narrative too because it it plays with these themes of like consumer culture and stuff like that like the uh (laughs) like material possessions and how 
I'm glad you brought that up because I just completely forgot about it until now with you saying that. The way that this movie ends, I've never seen that before with the the Apple launch thing. Yeah. <laughs> that was maybe the most disturbing thing I've ever seen in my life. The iPhone 5 launch. Like, yeah. That was insane. Yeah, that's uh that's how it happens. Why? I don't know, especially because you can just pre-order them and have it delivered to your doorstep day one. Yeah, it was just that was that was a shock. I knew there was like a whole, a whole thing, like people lined up and everything, but I didn't know like everything that went into it. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, it's not just Apple products that that happens with. Like whenever they release a new hot shoe, uh, every shoe store that has them in this city is there's lines around the block for the for shoes that come out. But do they like come out and like hype them up and then like give it high fives and you go like maybe I don't know I I definitely never stood around to see that it just seems really bizarre yeah it is it's a little it's a little silly it's a lot silly it's not a little silly it's a lot (laughs) silly I mean I've uh, I've been present on launches for certain products so were they like maybe I'm. Because if they're like that, if you ever go to one of those fucking things, you got to bring me with you. Because I want to see you experience. Because the Adam that I know. Oh, no. I, I, I never participate in something like that. <laughs> I, I, I get Adam the product I, and I leave. <laughs> the Adam that I know, I want to see him go through the fi- fucking high five gauntlet <laughs> of Apple. Oh, <laughs> uh, that would not that would not end well. Oh, for me I, that that would see. not be a pleasant experience for me <laughs> all right so that's fraud let's give it a score uh this, this is a little bit of a tough one for me i think i'll give it a i think i'll give it like a seven seven and a half for me okay i'm gonna do i'm gonna do like a like a two two-pronged attack here idea and execution i'm gonna give it like a seven the actual experience of watching it, I'm going to give it like a two. Mm. It's just, it's, it's just one of those things. It's like, it's, it's really, really great. But at the same time, it's not at all. It just really fucks with you. It's a movie that fucks with you. Let's move on. Talk about support the girls. This is written and directed by Andrew Bajalski. I have a synopsis here. The general manager at a highway side sports bar with curves has her incurable optimism and faith in her girls, her customers and herself tested over the course of a long, strange day. Now, I didn't even realize this was directed by Andrew Bajalski at first. Yeah, that was that was really the only reason I said, like, yeah, let's watch this. I don't know why. I don't know why I keep coming back to him. Yeah, so he did computer chess, which we were not fans of. No. He did results, which I think we liked results, though. I thought results was okay. Is that yeah. Right? And I think those are the only two that I saw from him. I don't think... I didn't see Funny haha ha or... Uh, was it, There's like one other one he did, maybe? Beeswax. Yeah, beeswax. I think that was supposed to be his his big one. Yeah. Didn't didn't see those. So what did you think of Support the Girls? I was kind of like results. <laughs> like uh it's all right. Whatever. I just <laughs> like I don't I for me it started off really strong and then I sort of cooled on it a little bit. I I really liked pretty much all of the characters. I thought Regina Hall was great in it. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought it started off very strong, but then as it went on, I was like, okay, all right. It it sort of came back down to sort of a a middle, like a middle ground for me. Wasn't, I was really high on it at the beginning, sort of mellowed out a little bit. I don't think it was a, a bad film. I enjoyed myself. It was pretty light. And 
just a pretty light, inoffensive comedy. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Not not yeah. a lot, not a lot to it. Good performances. Yeah. It, I liked all I, the characters. I, I'm pretty <laughs> much. Uh, yeah. No, I'm exactly with you. Where it's it's light, it's inoffensive. I thought Regina Hall was great. Performances were pretty great. Um, I enjoyed myself while watching it, but at the same time, I. Did, it, it's one of those movies that I don't know if it was actually directed by anyone. Like it just seemed to happen. And I don't even know if, 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 if I'm not going to remember that this movie existed. Maybe if you're like, Hey, support the girls. I'd be like, what? Like, yeah, you remember that movie with Regina Hall and they had the, the, the sports bar and all that stuff. And be like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was okay. Like that, I think that's like the gist of uh, my history with this movie from here forward. I would have to agree with you. I think that I will look back on this the exact same. The I thought that the representation of what it's like to work in a restaurant and the the various fires that need to be put out on a daily basis in a restaurant environment were very accurate and i really enjoyed the just the the aesthetic of it like the actual restaurant itself because i mean they had to have shot this in an actual restaurant a work i feel like it must have been a working restaurant because it just felt so authentic but Mm -hmm. i'm struggling to say anything else about i I like that it took place in sort of the strip mall area that you know there was that like a frozen yogurt place or something that they went yeah. to yeah, and then there was the, the the big chain the man cave chain that was going to be opening up across the across the highway and yeah yeah i mean you just have a, a series of individuals just trying to fucking make it work with all these corporate places and they're just all kind of like in the same strip mall trying to make it work. I like that. And I'd like to reiterate that I thought that most of the characters were very well developed and, and uh, especially so like Regina Hall, obviously. And I liked what they did with her character. You know, the, the film starts with her sitting in the car crying before work. And there were times in certain jobs I've had where I would sit in the parking lot and just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't cry, but I would just be like, what, what is happening in my life right now? What is this happening to me? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think we've all been. Yeah, definitely. And then, and then you have like your sort of stereotype employees. You have Haley Lou Richardson, Who's this just super up, super energetic, optimistic Macy. And she's just happy, 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 like almost too happy. Mm -hmm. And then I think that it's her name, uh, Shana McHale. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She, she was the sort of, uh, I don't know if she was like a sort of a manager, maybe. It seemed like she was kind of like in line. Yeah. She was kind of just. Danielle. Yeah. She was kind of like Regina Hall where she's just like. I'm not. I don't want to do these things. But I'm I'm going to do them. To make this work. Just to get through the day. she, She was one of my favorite characters. I thought she was really funny. And I think this is a debut for her. I've never seen her before. But she, she, I thought she did a really great job. Yeah. And there's not much of a sort of central plot. It just follows these characters in one day uh, at this at this restaurant. And they each have their own thing going on. And there's, there's sort of these tendrils that are of... of little plot threads that are happening. Like there was an attempted break in and then the person got stuck in the air vent and turns out that Regina's hall halls character 
Uh, she knows who this person is and they do this car wash thing to raise money for one of the other employees. I felt like that played a big part of in the film, but I also feel like that was not really developed clearly. Like I wasn't yeah. even exactly sure what that was all about. Cause no, it's like it's, they, they, they the mention, they mention it in passing towards the beginning of the movie. And yeah, it's, I, I feel like I, I was just not clear on what happened there. Oh yeah. And then it shows up a little bit later. And yeah. Like, okay, I think I pieced together what's happening here, but it, it there's, there's a, a decent number of things in this movie that feels like there's a history that's just we don't know about. You know, we're just right. we're privy to one day and you can just kind of use your imagination for all these other things that are happening. I don't know. Was is that is that a, an aspect of the film that you liked or I think I was kind of indifferent towards like I, I didn't see it as a detriment, but I didn't also see it as a positive. It's, it's just, it's, it really is one of those movies where I was like, okay, as I'm watching it, I don't hate it. I don't dislike it. I don't love it. I'm semi enjoying myself, but you know, like a month or so from now, I'm not going to remember this movie whatsoever. I think I enjoyed it for the most part. There were there were a few things that made me laugh. As far as comedy goes, it's pretty light. I mean, they they're not there's not a lot of It's a humorous film, but they're not like cracking jokes. They're not trying to at least I didn't feel like they were trying to get you to laugh a lot no. in in no. this. Yeah. But yeah, I I I'm in the same exact boat as you. I thought it was enjoyable enough. I thought the performances were good. I liked the characters. I thought that the the story was acceptable, but nothing really stuck <laughs> nothing really stuck yeah. out to me as as being yeah. anything amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm right there with you. And it's it's a lot like how I thought with results, which is what I like I'm kind of confused with him as a director. I don't know why I keep trying because I hated computer chess results and support. The girls are both like, eh, it's fine. Like, am I just going to give up now? I hope I do. I'm just I not sure what, not. what his, what his voice is here. Yeah. Like, that's what I mean. Com- like and computer like chess said, was such an oddball left field movie and then he goes right from that to these sort of mainstream yeah which i do feel comedies like the regina hall character kind of felt like him at certain points where she kept throwing out like we're mainstream like dial it back a little bit stop you know stop being too Mm -hmm. sexy which kind of felt like okay that's what you've been doing with your last two movies here because at least computer chess felt like that was there was a director. Yeah. There was someone with a vision. These last two movies just feel like they could have been directed by fucking anyone. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's give it a score. I'm going to give support the girls a six out of 10. I'm going to give it a five. There you have it. It'll be out in limited release on Friday. Okay. Let's talk about something watching on the watch list. Kevin, think it's your turn we'll just say yeah all right all right i watched the 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 manchurian candidate remake from 2004 from jonathan demi okay with denzel washington meryl street first thing that i noticed right off the bat there's a shit ton of people in this movie Mm -hmm. just a lot of people it's batshit insane it's not that great it's kind of a fucking mess but at the same time, it's one of those, it's kind of like a car wreck where it's a, it's a fucking mess. doesn't make any sense really, but you can't stop watching it. And I think it helps because of Denzel Washington. 
I think I'm just going to admit now that I can pretty much watch him do anything. I don't, it doesn't matter how bad the movie is. If Denzel's at the center of it, I'm hooked. Okay. You're, he, keeps you're me, just, he keeps me you're, hooked. You're Denzel man. I am a Denzel man. He is such a great actor. And he does a fantastic job in this one. Uh, Jeffrey Wrights also has a great performance in this. And the reason me and my wife watched this is um, like the early stages of us dating. We watched the the original Manchurian Candidate. I don't know how many fucking times. And I'm not necessarily sure why, but we love that movie. So doing this one, it feels like it's not like it's slightly familiar, but at the same time, it's its own fucking beast. It's just, it's a bizarre movie. And the fact that it <laughs> it climaxes with a, a Fountains of Wayne song, like, I can't believe it, it exists. <laughs> Denzel Washington is going to <laughs> assassinate someone running for, for president. And the song that is soundtracking that climax is Fountains of Wayne. <laughs> 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 when you hear like it just doesn't match up at all the song and like the images it just doesn't it's uh wow it is something else it is an experience very nice <laughs> fountains of wayne <laughs> oh god that's one of my favorite things about doing this new podcast is hearing and we're going to be doing just as a little spoiler we're going to be doing a whole episode on soundtracks because i felt like soundtracks were just so ridiculous i mean this came out in 2004 but i feel like that was still like a holdover from the 90s that's the that's the other interesting thing is like I could have sworn this was a 90s movie like the whole time i'm watching i'm like this is fucking 90s this is this is so 90s. And then I'm like, 2004, what the fuck? Are you serious? Yeah. Very interesting. So that's the Manchurian Candidate, the remake. I saw First Reformed by Paul Schrader. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I will have a Blu-ray review for this up either by the time you hear this or shortly thereafter. This is the one that stars Ethan Hawke as a pastor of a church in upstate New York. And boy, I did not, first of all, I didn't know anything about this movie other than what I just said. I knew it starred Ethan Hawke as a pastor. That's all I knew. I knew Mm -hmm. that Amanda Seyfried was in it and that's it. Like I didn't know anything about the plot or anything at all. So I went into this completely cold, not knowing what, what was going on in this movie. And I was pretty blown away by it. Paul Schrader has made, I would say, a string of failures recently. I'd say for like the last decade, the guy has not really made a a truly great film until now. First Reformed is easily one of the best movies of 2018, I would say. It's a challenging film, but it is probably his most aesthetically pleasing uh, films. It's definitely not anything like he's ever done before. It's shot in all static images. So every shot is static, no handhelds, no dolly shots, nothing like that. All static shots. And it's also filmed in, a uh, 1.37 to one aspect ratio. So it's like square almost. And every shot he frames almost in perfect symmetry. So everything is just perfectly framed and it looks so good. This movie just, man, it is definitely my style. It's awesome. So that's the best 
part about it. Ethan Hawke, probably, I mean, Ethan Hawke's great. He's great in almost everything he's in, even, you know, smaller genre films. He's great in, but this may be one of his best performances. He, the character that he plays is extremely complex. This is a guy who is grappling not only with his faith, but also his own mortality. And he is an alcoholic and he is dealing with these like huge environmental, environmental issues that are plaguing uh, our world. And it surprisingly plays with this idea of sort of faith versus science in, and they frame it in the, uh, through global warming or climate change rather. Mm -hmm. And it's just a really, really fascinating movie. And I highly recommend checking it out. First reformed. I'm excited for this one. Yeah. I, I thought it was excellent. I think maybe there's some, some scenes of it that maybe you will have a problem with, but, I I really liked it. There's some kind of almost surreal things that happen in it. Ooh. But it also it also turns into like this suspense thriller at the end Ooh. and you and you're just like on the edge of your seat because the, there's I'm not going to give anything away but there's things that happen that like tension just mounts and it it's a really really surprising film. Just, I had no idea that it was like this going into it. Also, Cedric the Entertainer is in it, and he plays sort of the the pastor of this mega church that is nearby. That I don't know if they like bought Ethan Hawke's church or just helped them stay afloat after all of the people in his congregation left for the mega church. Yeah. And he he is great. I mean, this is like by far his best performance and it's it's a dramatic role for him which i haven't really seen him do too many maybe not any dramatic roles i can't recall but he's fantastic in it too so yeah it's definitely worth a look i'm looking forward to that one you should uh i saw love simon and this this feels like it was made by an algorithm. This <laughs> feels like a targeted ad. And from the outset, like the first, I don't know, you know, like the, the lead up to it is like the maybe 15 minute mark, 20 minute mark. It's just, it is overwhelming until it gets into the whole, this whole, the story of him, you know, kind of uh, talking with someone online, sharing emails back and forth about them kind of like sharing the secrets that they're both gay and kind of like what they're dealing with and kind of opening up to each other and kind of being supportive to each other uh, and inspiring each other. And then, of course, this one kid comes across it and he's like, ah, and he uses it to blackmail him. Like, you got to help me get with this girl or I'm going to tell everyone that you're gay. And then the kid, Simon, just decides, okay, I don't want people to know I'm gay. So what I'm going to do is just be a huge fucking asshole to all my friends and just manipulate the shit out of them. Just be a fucking dick. And then in the end, we're going to cheer because, like, everything works out for him. It's, it's it didn't work for me. Hmm. I heard Number good things one. about it, but yeah, I mean, like I can, I you know, I'm sure if you're if you're gay, I'm sure if it might you might see something there that you're able to connect with. But I like the kid, the Simon kid, like what he does for me was just like. Yeah, I like I can't forgive you for what you're doing. Like you're you're doing straight asshole things. Like I understand that it's a rough time with high school and everything, but 
wow, like you are treating your friends like shit. And then it's just kind of like brushed off to the side, like, yay, we're all coming together. We're big time friends. And it all works out in the end. Yeah, we're all happy. Fuck it. As Ryan would say, happily ever after. (laughs) It's just like, dude, like that guy was like a fucking big time asshole for like almost an hour of the film. We're just okay with it. That's love, Simon. I saw Minding the Gap came out this weekend on Hulu, actually. It's available on Hulu. It's a documentary directed by Bing Lu. I thought for some reason, I don't know what I was thinking, that this took place in New York. It does not take place in New York. So I erroneously said that last week, I think, that it takes place in New York. I don't know why, I like minding the gap, I just for some reason assumed that. I remember seeing clips from it. It looked like they were in a city, and I don't know. I just filled in the blanks, I guess. But anyway, it takes place in Illinois. It's like a small town in Illinois. Okay. And it's about three three friends who are skaters and it starts off as just sort of a, a look at who these three people are and one of whom is the director of the film and their relationship with each other, where they met, and then just a lot of skate footage, which is first off, the the skate footage in this movie is great. Like it is really good skate footage. If Bing Lu doesn't have a future as uh, if he if he doesn't want to make more like documentary films or move on to narratives or something, he could easily be hired to do skate videos because he he is really good at shooting skating. But anyway, the the film sort of takes this interesting turn where it instead of. It, it starts to dive into the personal lives of these three people. And then it starts to uncover the, the fact that these all, all three kids live through abuse and that they were using their skating as sort of an outlet to escape from their abusive home lives. And it, as it follows them, I mean, it follows them for several years and it goes through sort of the paths that they take and the possible paths that when you live through a traumatic childhood, like all three of them have, you know, you're, there's different paths that you can go down. And, you know, one of them goes to school and, and puts all of his sort of pain into his filmmaking. And then one of them gets a job and he wants to try to leave the town and make something of himself and get out of the house. And then the other one sort of becomes an alcoholic and the cycle of abuse continues with him as it, as it becomes revealed that he's like abusing his girlfriend and they, they have a kid in, in early on in the film, they have a baby and then it's sort of revealed that he's been abusing her. And so then like the director who's, friends with him is is confronted with the idea like do i talk to him about this like now that i know that this is happening is this something that i should confront him about in the, hmm. in this movie because all of the interviews that he does even though these are his friends and his family they're very intimate interviews like they're they're revealing things about themselves that they maybe never revealed to anyone else. And so he has to decide if like, this is something I should touch upon. I mean, the, the film itself has sort of evolved into this story about abuse. And then also like about this town that they're living in that has this really uh, unusually high rate of domestic violence and, so it starts to deal with these like greater issues, but it, it still frames them within this story about these three skater kids. And it's just really well done. And I, I was really surprised by it. And uh, I would highly recommend checking out Minding the Gap. It was probably one of my favorite docs that I've seen this year. 
Let's take a look at some of what's coming out in theaters this week. We got The Happy Time Murders coming out on the 24th, this Friday. What do you think about this one? Now, if you remember correctly, this is one that we wrote about way back in 2012. It was actually one of the very first news articles that we wrote really? for the site. Yeah. This was back in like January of 2012. We f we wrote about this movie. So this thing's wow. been gestating for a really long time. Is that? Do you think that's a good sign? No. I don't think so either. No. Who wants this? Who wants it? I no don't want it. it. No one wants it. There's something about the adult puppet thing that just doesn't agree with me. Like, I, no. I you know, I liked the new, that Muppet show that was on for like one season or maybe two seasons or whatever before they canceled it. I liked that show because it was a little bit edgier. It was a little bit more adult, but it wasn't like gratuitous. Like this, this movie is most definitely going to be. Yeah. And there's just now, something it, about it. Like, I don't find it funny. Well, and you got to wonder, like, what does M Melissa McCarthy think right now? Cause I think probably back in like 2012 or whatever, she was probably like, yeah, I want this movie to come out. But now she's got to be thinking, let's just bury the happy time murders. Yeah, assuming assuming that she was, I don't know if she was signed on for this movie way back then. Because I remember back then it was just like concept photos and stuff. Like this was super early that they were trying to get this thing off the ground. So I don't know when she signed on to do this thing. It had to be a desperation move. Had all, to be. all I know is it does not look very good. Like the, the these trailers, these like sort of parody trailers that they're coming out with, they're not doing it for me at all. I'm just no, not not on board with this movie. I remember no. like when like Meet the Feebles, like when I the first time I saw Meet the Feebles, the only time I only watched it once, thankfully. <laughs> I hated that movie so much. And to me, this is just going to be like Meet the Feebles all over again. I like the idea. I think it's it's a cool idea to have a, a Muppet-style movie set in this like kind of dark L.A. noir, you know, and have it be like this murder mystery. But it's not going to – it's really not going to no, be I like think, that. I think the problem with the, with the puppets that they – that they do here is they always got to take it like to the the extreme end of the spectrum. Yeah. Like you can just have it be adult. You don't have it to have it be like at the far end. Exactly. I, I mean, the first red band trailer that came out for this where like the, they, they showed like the detective puppet, like having sex with somebody and he was like spraying, some kind of ejaculate, puppet ejaculate, like all over the room. And it was like, uh, it was supposed to be funny. Like, oh, it's just, it's just silly. It's so silly. He's like jizzing everywhere. And it's like, but no, who, that's not doing it for me. Who wants that? Who's like, I, I desperately wish that there was a movie where there was a puppet just spraying jizz. Just fucking all over the all over the walls, the ceiling, just hitting the <laughs> lampshades, just fucking everything. Oh god! And then who who on the other side of that is like, yeah, I think you have something there. Th this is this is working, guys. This is gonna work. <laughs> Let's hire a shit ton of people to make this happen. Oh, yeah, it's unfortunate god. because again. I like the idea of this kind of gritty, dark puppet movie, but I like the idea of it being played straight. You know, like if they made it and they, they had it just playing it as like a straight noir and not just hitting us with the gross out jokes and stuff like, you know, because you know what it's going to be, you know, that there's, I mean, we saw the jizz scene and then there's going to be like, there's going to be like prostitutes and they're going to have like yeah. Muppet 
style boobs and it's just like we've yeah. seen it before and whatever it's, just, it's really bizarre axel comes out this is the one about the the boy and his robot dog shut up yeah not into this one when i when i first got an email about this i thought it was like one of these kind of straight to vod budget titles but is apparently it? it's not Christ. Got searching. This one I'm yeah. actually interested in. What's this? This is the one I'm, with uh this is the I'm, look, I'm looking at like the releases and I've I haven't heard of any of these fucking movies outside of Happy Town Murders because unfortunately I'm on Twitter and it's just nonstop with the fucking Happy Time Murders. But mm. all these other movies I've never heard of. You've never heard of Searching? This is the one with John no. Cho. Nope never heard of it and it, it takes place it's one of these that takes place all on a computer screen and it uh is about him his daughter goes missing so he's searching for his daughter by like looking through her social media posts and st- stuff like that it's a thriller okay. looks good right. i'm i'm interested in it I learned more about the technique that they use to capture this uh, for these movies that take place all on a computer screen. It was actually developed. There's a, it's a piece of software that's that was actually developed by uh, Timur Bekmemetov, the guy who did like Wanted. Yeah, he developed this software called like oh shit, I can't remember what it's called. It's like Screen Live or something Live Screen, something like that, where. It's it's essentially like recording software. It's bizarre because if you think you have you have like a screenshot, which is like computer photography, mm-hmm. and then you have someone coming along. And it's like you know what? Let's do that, but successive, where you're recording, and then you end up getting you know you're kind of following the same like photography into cinema, but with a computer. When you see the software in action it is really cool like i don't even know how it works you can go to their website and like look at examples it's essentially like you're recording someone's actions on a screen right yeah and then you play it back as if it's a video but you can still interact with what's on the screen so let's say for example you record a video of you going to a website and clicking on a YouTube video and watching a YouTube video, right? So uh-huh. that's your video. You going to YouTube, yeah. playing a video, watching it, maybe commenting on it. I go back and I watch watch this video of you pulling up YouTube and all that. However, I can then, if I see a link on that YouTube page that you pulled open in your video while it's playing, I can click on that link and it takes me to that actual video so it's like you can manipulate the video live in real time it's so incredible like that you can like real time edit yes that's that's exactly what it's for and it's like i'm telling you yeah you can go to the website i cannot remember it's called like something live like stream live or something but you can go and actually watch examples of it and it blew my mind and I, I showed a bunch of people at, at my office and they were just completely blown away by it so anyway huh. ser- searching looks good it was not i think that it was some of it was made with that software but they had said that they needed to manipulate more than what the software would allow which leads me to believe that this movie is more sort of manufactured or doctored than the uh, unfriended movies which also use the software like those movies are 100 percent on an on a computer this yeah. one i'm not sure i think that they might they said that they couldn't use it for certain things because they needed to take more liberties with what was on the screen so anyway yeah. it looks it looks huh. good nonetheless we also have the uh a Pepelon remake coming out i don't know if i'm pronouncing that correctly i never heard that title pronounced before i've also never heard i've seen that title for years and years and years never once heard it i'm i'm gonna go ahead and guess that you 
didn't do it correctly. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know what it is. I don't know what the correct pronunciation is. Either Never way, very famous story about uh, it's a prison, like a prison break, right? Uh, he's, he was ended up in prison for like many, many years. And I don't know if he broke out or was released, but at, at any rate, uh, very famous true story. I never saw the original. I heard it was incredible. This one looks all right, I guess. I'm not sure we needed it, but it looks pretty decent. We don't need any of these remakes. No. Uh, we got Bookshop, or sorry, The Bookshop coming out. Got What Keeps You Alive. That's a uh, horror film coming out on uh, IFC. We got Support the Girls, as we mentioned earlier we got the wild boys this is this is something interesting i'm surprised this one didn't didn't interest you this one didn't pique your interest uh this is a film that is looks shot it's shot on 16 millimeter and tells the story of five adolescent boys who are all played by women in the film okay it looks looks very uh unique visual style it's made to look like an older film and from what i can tell from the trailers that i saw they completely nailed the aesthetic so well i still might watch it you never know yeah i might give this one a look on vod this week on the 21st we have do you trust this computer that's a uh obviously a technology documentary we got the coolest coolest guy movie ever probably not yeah the coolest guy movie ever not at all i think it's a story about the great escape i'm not i don't know i'm not no. really into that no no <laughs> the coolest guy movie ever <laughs> why would you name your movie that people people talking about a fucking movie like why do you need that to be a movie just watch the fucking movie. Yeah. Yeah. Not on board with that. We got no. Dead Love. It's a horror film. And then on the 24th, we have What Keeps You Alive? Summer of 84. That's playing in theaters now, but because it's only a limited release, I decided to add it to the VOD calendar just so people are aware. Summer of 84 is coming out on VOD this week, and I would recommend checking it out. Blue Iguana. It's a uh, looks like sort of a crime thriller comedy of Sam Rockwell. Yeah. Ar- Arizona. This is the dark comedy with Danny McBride and uh, Rosemary DeWitt and Luke Wilson. Yeah. It's a little tonally off. I mean, essentially, Danny McBride plays a slasher in it. It's very it's very odd. Uh, but there's huh. there's a lot of really kind of interesting elements to it all right blu-ray this week we got deadpool 2 coming out i'd recommend seeing that one i i enjoyed that one more than the first one i wasn't actually a big fan of the first one i talked about it before but i i liked the uh deadpool 2 more mostly for josh brolin as cable and zazie beats as domino she's incredible hope she gets her own movie out of it first reformed is coming out uh Recommend that. We got Smithers. Oh, sorry. That's a criterion. Uh, <laughs> step step oh, on yeah, my don't want to step on your toes there. We got Wild at Heart coming out. This is, uh, I think it's, this is a Shout Factory. Yeah. Shout Factory Collector's Edition coming out from 1990. This is the David Lynch film. Very, uh, very odd movie. Uh-huh. Yeah. God's Not Dead, A Light in the Darkness. Sorry, A Light in Darkness. Is that, that is that like a new one? I think that is a new one. So there's like three. That's the third one, maybe? I was going to say, is that number three? Yeah, it is number three because they're also releasing a, a three-pack Blu-ray that has all three of them. <laughs> yeah. I, they just need to keep reiterating the fact that God is not dead. He's not dead, apparently. He's still around doing his thing. 
Well, it seems kind of suspicious that you need three movies. Right. Yeah, exactly. I don't know what's going on with that. I'm going to say it probably is. (laughs) Uh, Action Point coming out. Talked about that last week. Don't recommend. Blackwater. This is the one with Van Damme and Dolph Lundgren. Hell yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Everything that's old is new again. (laughs) Sure is. is Got Jackie Chan, Bleeding Steel coming out. The synopsis for that. I read the synopsis for Bleeding Steel and I was just like, I am intrigued. Yeah. I don't know. The trailer makes it look kind of cool, but mm, I might give it a look at some point. I like Jackie Chan's stuff. Oh, hell yeah. What do we got on Criterion this week? Uh, I don't know if you know this, but we have a a movie called Smithereens. Oh, yeah. From uh, Susan Seidelman, which you talked about before on the show. Yeah, talked about last week. So is that a recommend for you? Smithereens? Yeah, it's... it's, uh, uh, The movie is a high recommend. Heavy recommend for me. Okay. Really like the movie. The the Blu-ray is a little bit light on features. Uh There's there's one interview section that is really good. And then there's two short films. Two of Susan Seidelman's short films from... uh, her time at uh, film school. Mm-hmm. So those are pretty good too, but that's really all that's on there. So it's not loaded with features, yeah. but what's there is good. Okay. And the movie looks great too. So yeah, I would say it's worth picking up. And then the only other one is the classic from 1943. Heaven can wait. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you got that one too. Those are your two. You got an 80s and a 40s. There you have it. All right. I think that's going to do it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. You can send us your questions and topics to feedback at filmpulse.net. You can follow us on Twitter at filmpulse.net and at filmpulsekevin. If you have a minute, take a look at our Patreon page, patreon.com slash filmpulse. Consider helping us out by becoming a subscriber. For Kevin Rakestraw, my name's Adam Patterson. Hey, we'll see you next week.